All right, we're in, as, as you almost fall off the mm-hmm. exercise ball that you I know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting across from you on one of those bouncy exercise balls. And sometimes it's going to be hard to resist the urge to just bob up and down. Hey, you do you, man. You know? it's, it's like, you know, that, that's what they call a man with no arms and no legs who's in the water. He's Bob. <laughs> my, uh, that was my girlfriend's idea to put you on the... On oh, really? The, yeah. She's, she's got a little... Uh, see, oh, see, you, you told her you were doing this. Well, I told her we might do this. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, she's got a, a cruel streak in her, which, is, uh, which I like. Um, so there you go. You've got to sit on that ball. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's all good. I've done, I've done interviews probably sitting in worst place. I've done interviews on floor. I've done interviews on balconies. Like, this is fine. Okay. Good, man. Well, first off, I wanted to just, just, uh, say, man, like you're honestly a hero to me. (laughs) You're a bit inspiring and I love it. I, I like to follow what you do. And um, I'm a big fan of Endeavors Radio, so. Oh well, thank you. I thank think you I think I think you might be the podcast's number one fan. I mean, yeah. I don't. I know sort of how many listeners I get, but I don't know like who listens to you know because they don't tell you like individual listeners. But I know you always talk about it, so. Yeah. Um, and listenership. I mean, it's unfortunate that I'm not doing as many episodes right now because of the you know after the interview with Mika Borum and then um, Oscar Steinson. Um, who was my last one? Listenership is slowly going up. Okay. Um, but it's just I just haven't had time to do it as regularly as I would like right now. Just with all with all the film stuff in my life that's happening. Yeah. Is is do you think the podcasting viewer or hearership is is going up because you've been doing some marketing or is it just I, natural? I don't know. Like I so I tried to promote the the Mika Borum interview on Facebook, but Facebook's algorithm is weird. So like here, promote it and then, and then it. I got a whole bunch of spam on my site. Okay. Um, so I don't really know, but I, I also think, well, but I also think other people, like part of it is I'm, I'm more conscious about like, cause you know, I started a separate Instagram page for the podcast. Okay. So I'm sharing that more and I'm, you know, sending it to the publicist and I sent it to Mika and so, and they're now sharing it more as well. So yeah. it's, it's cause I can only do so much. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm, I don't have a team. I'm not paying anybody. So I, I just think, um, I think teams are knowing or like, you know, are getting better at, at sharing things and I'm getting better at sharing things with, with other people. For right? sure. So I guess that, that, um, that goes well into my next question, which is, um, is like, what is your process for selecting guests for who comes on the show? And I know you've mentioned a publicist to me beforehand. It honestly, it really depends um, like for so long because I was, you know, I've always been broadly an arts show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always, you know, email, email, you know, the publicists of an actor or a writer, or if it's a film, like the film's publicist and just say who I am. But I've been doing this long enough now that, you know, I'm on like a list serve. Okay. Right. Right. So, um, and you know, they publicists sort of know, at least arts publicists know what the podcast is about. So they'll always reach out to me. Like one publicist, Sasha Berman does a lot of like documentary style stuff. So she'll reach out to me there. Okay. Uh, NPMG does a lot of like more local theater stuff. So they'll reach out to me there. 
you know, Christina does a lot of like indie music. Melanie does a lot of punk. Okay, you so know? you've got a few different avenues. Yeah, and then there's like, you. and then there's like, you know, individual film publicists that work with specific like production companies, like Magnolia Pictures, for example, or Kino Lorber. So um, they always sort of remember who I am. Yeah, that's right? dope. Um, and then sometimes they'll just be like, "Hey, you you remember you interviewed my client or." You know, I was a publicist for this film festival. I'm now working on this. Do you want to do this, right? Just so, like connections. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it... A mixed bag. It, 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 it does vary, you know, but it's, 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 you know, sometimes... And, you know, some weeks you, you might get nothing. Yeah. You know, and then other weeks you might just get, get four or five in a row, right? It, it, it just, it depends. It totally depends, yeah. Um, you've had some pretty, pretty interesting guests recently, at least the, the ones that I've listen to i i like the the one at the top of the year there sam harris that was a good listen um thomas ian nicholas which was was pretty cool because i was a big rookie of the year fan yeah well I, I i remember i um uh when i was when i was writing the just like the show description for that because i had two guests on that episode I, I i went i think i started with new york's hottest club is kevin yeah which is a joke from snl um Bill Hader played the character Stefan. You know, New York's hottest club is whatever, right? And so he yeah. did one bit where he goes, New, New York's hottest club is Kevin. Um, and That's right. Just because it was, it was, I mean, it was a, re- it was very, it was a very esoteric and obscure joke, but it was way for me to tie because everyone knows Thomas E. Nicholas is Kevin, yeah. right, from American yeah, 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 Pie. Yeah, exactly. So that was like it was just, it was just a way for me to like make a joke to introduce him as Kevin. Like, it, it went over my head. I'll tell well, you. Well, yeah, uh, fair enough. Most, <laughs> most, I mean, unless I make puns. Most of my jokes go over people's heads because the references are so obscure. Obscure, yeah. But that's what makes yeah exactly radio in a way. Right? And funny story, just about the Thomas E. Nicholas interview. Mm-hmm. The, so the other guy in that episode was a guy named Jordy Matheson, who's doing a lot of like theater producing now. But he was a year above me at theater school at Douglas College. So we we've known each other for a while too. Okay. So that was that was quite interesting. Yeah. The other ones that kind of were that I well that I had listened to and, and enjoyed were the Mika Borum and uh, Han Soto. Uh, oh yeah, the yeah. So Han Han Soto is from. He was on season three of. Um, I forget the name of it. Oh, the, it was um, the the Karate Kid spinoff. Yeah, Kai. Uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Right. Um, and so you know, because I have a lot of friends and listeners who are nerds. Yeah. They. You know, <laughs> and it, was, it was like, hey, what should I ask this guy? Because I've chainly never seen. Cobra Kai. Okay. I had actually been, you know, I used to watch Netflix a lot, and I guess maybe because of my work, I haven't watched a lot of anything recently. Mm. I've been doing my own thing. Yeah, they're so busy. Um, but Mika, I've been a fan of forever because I was an extra in a film she did when she was like seventeen. Right. I think in, you brought that up in, in right? Victoria. Yeah. I, that's why I started. It's like so. By the way, I was an extra in Augusta Gone, and she's like, "Shut up." Um, and what you didn't see, because like I have, I have, I also. I, even though I just record audio, there's there's also a video aspect. So like if I wanted to, I could put stuff up on YouTube. Yeah. But she had the, she had this on this like this great like it's almost like not quite a cowboy, but she's like a very like wide brimmed hat, and she's just like very like just like all these like trees in the background. Like you're just living the life. She's pretty funny. She's she, she has a comedic like yeah, uh, she, spell to her. Yeah. Right? Well, her, and her film that you know it was very it, it's you know very very funny. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she got, like, Tom Arnold to be in it. Yeah, he's, um, like, he's it. He's wicked, man. I was watching yeah. uh, Exit Wounds recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's yeah. when well, DMX passed. Yeah. And I totally blanked that Tom yeah. Arnold was in Well, remember that. that Tom Arnold was in... He was in True Lies with Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Oh my god, yeah? Yeah. Um, and his, I remember his cameo in Austin, the first Austin Powers movie. Was he in Austin Powers too? Wow. Yeah, he had a bit, he had a good yeah. run. Um, good run. So yeah, Miko's just like, yeah, these are all people that I've, because they were, Mika and Tom were like in a TV show together years ago and Tom played her father. So Mika's like, hey, Tom, you want to come play a Mexican drug lord? <laughs> that was basically the conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and she's wickedly funny. She wants to do more comedy. Um, and you know, she's, a lot of child actors get into directing. Um, Ron Howard is the perfect example. Yeah. You know, Daniel Radcliffe just talked about wanting to get into directing. Okay. Well, I mean, it's because they've had such a great education, yeah. right? Like, they've seen it from a young yeah. age. And, and, but they also know just like how insane the life is, right? So yeah. they're, just, they're just like, they're just like, all right. And I think also because growing up as a child actor, you, I think you acquire more stories than if you sort of became famous, you know, as like a young adult or later in life. Mm-hmm. And so those stories provide material. Yeah, sure. And you're just so ingrained in, yeah. in the industry yeah. in Hollywood too. But that, yeah, that was a, that was a recent favorite of mine too. The one with uh, Mika Borden. Also, another favorite of mine was with uh, Gary Dorden, who people might remember from uh, CSI, the original CSI. Okay. Yeah, I have to look him up. Yeah, he. I think he's on. So you saw. Uh, so I think he's. I think he's on the episode I did after Sam Harris. Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's right around that time too, and he, he's another guy that wants to do more comedy too. He's pretty funny. Cool. When you uh, when you said Gary there for a second, I thought I thought Gary Busey <laughs> with the uh, Rookie of the Year. Oh my God! Could you imagine Gary? He'd just be like, he would just he, his interview wouldn't make any sense because you you wouldn't know what he was saying. He'd just be like, he'd just be like, well, I went down to the beach and now I'm here and I'm like, you didn't say anything, Gary. <laughs> well, I tune in. Yeah, uh, I think people do just to like be like, oh my God, like what is this man gonna say? Because he's so impulsive. He is. It's his head injury from 30 years ago. That's how it's... It, yeah. But, hey, he put in a great performance of Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, as did Thomas Ian Nicholas. Too. If you think about it, it's just like a... It's such a weird movie for Gary Busey to be in. Oh, yeah. Because, you're like, why is why is Gary Busey in a kid's movie? Like, it, it, you know what I mean? It's like... But, like, you know some of the sluggers in that movie? Yeah. They were all villains. They were all weird dudes as well, right? Yeah. Like, well, Piazza, I think, was in that. Yeah, yeah. Barry Bonds... Yeah. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, and there well, there was because that year, like I remember, like in the mid nineties, there were just a lot of baseball films marketed to kids, right? So there's the Sandlot, which was like ninety three, I think. Classic. I've been I interviewed the director of the Sandlot for the twenty fifth anniversary a couple years back. No da- work. David really? Rookie Evans, yeah. That's sick. Um, then there was we met, of course, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Then there was Little Big League. Little Big League. Which, for whatever reason, I mean, the movie's not that great. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah. But it's it's always been a favorite of mine. Yeah. And here's a fun story. This a weird baseball story. So the woman in that, the the uh, who played the mother, right? Her name her is an actress named Ashley Crow, and she married another actor who's like, there's like twelve years between them or something. Mm-hmm. But their son just got drafted, I think, in the third round. Wow. Yeah. That's it. I, I can't remember what team he played for or his name, but yeah, he just he just got drafted. That's a crazy tie-in. I know, right? I wonder how she feels. Was, was Little Big League, was that the one where he was the manager of the Twins? Yeah, so his, his grandfather is the owner, then dies, gives him the team. Okay. And then he yeah. decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manage it as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And yeah. It, 
Um, it had Timothy Busfield and yeah, uh, Jason. Uh, so the star was Luke Edwards, who first became famous in '89 with a movie called The Wizard, or The or Wiz, which is about a, like a, a pinball player, mm-hmm. and then um, he later appeared uh, in Jeepers Creepers Two. And to tie it back to Thomas E. Nicholas, yeah. So to me. Uh, the film that I was interviewing Thomas about, right? Because it was uh, he was in it, right? And I, he was also uh, I think producing it as well. Um, he got a lot of his because they because they're they're about the same age, right? So mm-hmm. they grew up together as child stars. Yeah. So yeah. Luke's in that film as well, Luke Edwards. Okay. Because they him and Kevin have just been him and Thomas have just been friends for years. Right. So what a, there was also Major League. And Major League Two, that was in and around. That yeah, well, Major League was eighty nine. Major League Two was ninety four. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Major League was rated R, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it was marketed to kids. No, it, it was a bit. Yeah, it was well, a bit the, the, the second more so because the second one was rated PG thirteen, so it was they, okay. because, because they were trying to capitalize on the success and make it more marketable, but it didn't yeah. work. Well, Major League is no, by far the best. No, and then and, and they don't talk about the third one. Oof, let's not talk about the third. No, it's like Godfather three. You don't talk about it. <laughs> Well, getting getting. So that was that was a long, ridiculous tangent. I apologize. No, I love it. I keep it keep it coming. <laughs> um, but getting back, um, I wanted to add. Well, one of my questions was, any standout guests? You've kind of already mentioned from this year, Mika maybe, yeah. and um, and I mentioned a couple other good shows. But what about? Have you over the years? Because you've interviewed a lot of people, right? Like. A lot of people. Do you know how many shows you've you've actually done on Devil's Radio? So, yes and no. So, since I first launched the podcast version, which would have been, I guess, 2016, uh, there's, I've done about 320. Um, since 2016 alone? Yeah. Shit. And then I probably, and there was an older version of the podcast too, so there's maybe like... I don't know, 50 of those. Yeah. Cause... So, and then all the years I had at CJSF, CJSF, which was the campus radio station. Was so, that at Simon Fraser? Yeah. So yeah. I was, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was from 2010 till about 2000, early 2016, I think. Okay. So that was once a week and that was like six years of shows. So that's six times, I guess. 50, so that would be uh, 400, about about 300. Yeah. So probably 700 shows. Shit, over the years. Since basically 2010. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm guesstimating a little bit, but... Uh, no doubt. You've been putting in that work. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so what I wanted to ask you on that then is you must have had some issues over the years with a guest... Like, maybe an awkward interaction or, like, wrong question was asked by you. Was there anything to your recollection that that you can share here? Yeah, a couple. Greg Allman, uh, the late Greg Allman from the Allman Brothers. Okay. Um, and this... And I don't necessarily think he was necessarily offended by the question but I just remember because we were talking about you know because it was him and his brother right mm-hmm. and then Doug died young and so I think I just asked him you know even though like 
you know, it was you and you had other people come and go in the band. And since you're only one Almond, was there ever a thought of changing the name? Right? And he just says, no, no, no. And then he goes, why would you ask that? Right? Okay. <laughs> um, and like, you know, um, but it was interesting because, you know, he had a lot of brain issues at the time. Uh-huh. So this is, it was only a few years before he passed. And so there'd be long gaps in between like his sentences. You'd think he'd be done and like 30 seconds later he would say something else. <laughs> okay. uh, so it was, it was only difficult in the sense was that I, I didn't always necessarily know when to speak because you never know if he'd be finished. Yeah. No, right. I can imagine that. Right. Being, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's so hard for any interviewer. Yeah. Really. Um, Tracy Morgan was fun, but I, there was a little bit of technical problems and it was, it was just, I was supposed to get 15 minutes and then rescheduled and then I got five and you know, uh, <laughs> so it was, it was just like, all right, well, how do I navigate this now? Right. Yeah. Um, well, he strikes me as a busy man. Yeah. Yeah. But it, when, you know, there was, I think there was an issue with like one of my, one of my channels because I was back at the station at this time. So I couldn't always hear him. <laughs> okay. Greg Proops fantastic interview like yeah. love way there was just some sound issues okay but i was just because you know i did the, the, the hotel that he was at was not great like in terms of you know whatever so there was did you put him up <laughs> what were you putting him up no right <laughs> he was in portland why would i be putting greg proofs up well i don't know yeah i don't know because you said there was an issue and it went back to his hotel. So oh, no, no, well, no, that came back he, to you. He had phoned me as planned and the connection was great, but there was like people leaving the studio and I just like, I just didn't want to like keep him on the line doing nothing. So I said, look, I'm having a technical issue. I'll phone you back. Okay. But then when I phoned him, the connection wasn't as great because I phoned him rather than him phoning me. So the, the connection works differently that way. Yeah. Oh man, there's probably so many yeah. technical issues. And like also when you're at it, like we're at campus radio, but because everything's publicly funded, you don't always have the most high quality yeah stuff you know well this just comes to mind like obviously you've still been doing interviews throughout the pandemic and you've said that you pretty much do everything on zoom now yeah um when was the last time you interviewed someone in person uh probably i guess a few weeks before i left toronto um yeah so it would have been like early 2020 i guess okay um there was a couple people, uh, Lisa in the city, who's this reality star, she came by, uh, this film director, Sean, I forget his last name, he came by, because mm-hmm. I would just record in my house, because I basically had the whole house to myself. Yeah. Um, so I think those were the last two guests that I interviewed in person. Yeah. So. Do you miss Toronto at all? Yes and no. You know, um... You know, I, I miss the people that I, you know, that I had met over there and, you know, like my producing partner still over there and, you know, actor friends are over there. Sure. And, you know, I'm hopefully going to go back there to film a project. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily miss the lifestyle I was living over there, which is why I actually think it was good for me to come back to Victoria in a lot of ways. You were hustling, right? Uh, you know, well, just, you know, you... You work in the, you know, you work in the kitchen industry, you, you know, and you, you sort of get into a routine and get into certain habits, some, yeah. of, which, some of which are healthy, some are not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like, I'm going to go back there. I, I, who knows if I'm going to stay? 
Okay. You so, know, but your plan is to move back there. Well, just at, 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 at least to film the web series, which okay. will hopefully either be in the fall or in January. We're, we're still working that out. Cool. Um, but it's only like a two-week shoot. So after that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I can get over there in October, I'm, I might go to the CAJ's game. But Yeah, no, that'd be wicked. Um, that's, you know, that's a, not, that's neither here nor there. No. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into the Jays. Uh, uh, yeah, of course we will. We'll get into them oh, a I little know. bit. But I, know. I, I, I know, I know. But I want to ask you, I want to get, because you've mentioned a few times about, you know, certain projects that you have right now. And even when we were speaking before this, you said, you, you know, explained that you've got a few things on the go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think you've directed and produced your, your first film just a, a few months ago. Technically second. Okay. Um, well, actually, technically third, but sort of like second one that is a more professional quality. <laughs> yeah. um, but the first one where I spent a good chunk of good chunk of my own money to get it made. Sure. Like you, you were really putting in. The, yeah. Like the, the time. Be about work, eight the grand. Money. Be about eight grand when it's all said and done. Okay. Which again is a lot and nothing at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, sure. There are some short films that cost sixty grand. Mm-hmm. Right. It just depends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we shot that. I ended my last in the Netflix series was the ninth. Okay. Of April, and I shot that on the tenth, the eleventh, before I started a new project on the twelfth. Um, <laughs> so I had that weekend to do it. Okay. Um, oh yeah, because yeah. I remember seeing. I don't know if it was on social media or what, but you had some some updates. Um, oh yeah. There was some, what was it? There was some neighbor. There was some neighbor issues on the shoot. Was there? Uh, not. I, on my, I can't remember if it was on my short film. We had, we had neighbor issues when I was doing the hallmark. Okay. There was a guy with a leaf blower that just wouldn't shut up all day. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's hallmark on a budget, so they don't buy anybody out, and they just have to deal with it. Uh huh. If I was on the Netflix, they just would have paid him off for the day. Like, it would be fine, whatever. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, there was one guy when we were shooting up on the farm for the short film that was, like, doing some work in his yard, but it was, like, before we had started filming, so it was fine. Yeah. Um, and he was done within, like, 20 minutes, so it was all good. Um, and that film's almost done. Yeah, what, what's the film about? Uh, it's about a girl and her imaginary friend, but it's told from the point of view of the imaginary friend, and it's, mm. sort, of, it's sort of, like, a dark fantasy. Okay. Like, it's not... You could consider it horror just because it's like, it you know it's kind of got like a little kind of sinister music. But I mean you know there's no slasher, there's no gore. You know it, it's more the story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's why I call it a dark fantasy. Okay. Um. And there's not even a twist ending. It's just like a grad. It's just like a gradual reveal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be about seven. You know, with credits, it's about seven and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's mostly edited. I just have to get sound mixed. Um. And then colored a little bit are you doing most of the editing uh, no so i i paid this guy keen who's a really good editor okay he's he edited it and then this guy david hopefully is going to sound mix it um and then um just got to do a little bit of coloring so basically sound mixing is because when you're when you're shooting it live right you you, you have your boom mic right Sometimes the camera can pick up stuff depending on what kind of camera it is, and then you'll have what are called lavalier mics, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of hidden on the actor. Um, 
but they're all at different frequencies, right? And so, you know, and we're like, you know, the rustling of the leaves or whatever. So you just, you have, you have a sound mixer just to kind of make, you know, make sure that all the sound levels are, are even. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's what he, so that's basically what's left to do. Like the music's all done. The edit's mostly done. Um, so what, like, <clears throat> if I wanted to see that, for example, when do you think, you know, people can consume it? It, it? it really depends because especially with short films, you have to be careful about putting them, make them available online publicly. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to get into festivals, a lot of festivals don't like that they're available because A, they'll consider that a premiere, mm-hmm. right? And then B, why would a per- why would someone come to their festival to see that when it's already available online? Sure. Yeah. Right? So it, you know, um, that being said, um, I know some festivals are fully moving into hybrid models, like Whistler, for example. So even if you can't physically be in Whistler, there might be an opportunity to see the film online through the festival. You okay. might you might have to pay for it because it's you know it's still part of the festival, mm-hmm. right? But it 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 really depends on the festival and COVID and, and all that, right? Yeah. Um. Outside of that, probably a year and a bit before it'll you know be like on YouTube. There's a couple of um, YouTube channels that are dedicated to short films. Like on, on Leto, and then there's a, a TV channel called Shorts TV, which is Shorts TV. Shorts TV. Shorts. Yeah, yeah, which is exclusively dedicated to short films, and that is an option for the future. Um, you know, but for right now, it'll be festivals. Yeah. So, so you, are you speaking with a few festivals? And well, I'm. I'm gonna work that. I gotta wait till um, the film's fully done. Mm-hmm. I mean, some festivals do take work in progress, but we're so close to it being done anyway that we're just gonna wait the two weeks because mm-hmm. my, my deadline is the tenth. Um, it, and you don't, you don't necessarily speak with festivals. There's, um, basically a website called Film Freeway, uh, which is sort of a hub for submitting to all the festivals. So you, what you do is you just, you, you don't upload your film, but you know, you'll have it posted either on like a private Vimeo or a private YouTube, and then you just send them that link and then you can watch it or preview it and decide whether or not they want to include it in the festival right right so that's generally how that works okay cool uh and can film festival just did that just go off yeah, well yeah it's finished yeah um and like con is like so the thing about con con is mainly for features mm-hmm. and usually the studio or the company will submit to can on your behalf mm-hmm. now can does have there is sort of like a mini cons, which is like four short films. Mm-hmm. Um, that also just happened. So I don't know if if con is something that we're looking at. Yeah, but I was I was yeah. just curious to, to hear your opinion yeah. on it because I I'm not there's 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 been a go. lot. There's can is getting into some few tiffs. Mm. Um, a lot of because basically when Netflix came around and started you know, exclusively offering films online, there was a debate about what qualifies as a film or a movie. Mm -hmm. And people were like, well, because it didn't play in a theater, it's not a film. And so, uh, 
Khan wouldn't accept some Netflix films because they were only available on streaming and they hadn't played in a theater somewhere. Okay. And of course, I think Netflix won in the end because of COVID and theaters weren't open. Yeah. Right? Um, and also... All right, how do I say this without offending the French? <laughs> um, no, it's... Well, okay. A lot of organizations that have been around for a very long time, you know, like con or you know even like music festivals or, or film festivals are have been criticized for being a little too rigid yeah okay. with their submission policies and their guidelines you know oh, yeah because they've been around for 60 years their policies were updated in the 1980s they're well, the, well the, no one had internet back then no. Right, so and they're the authority in that ex- area. Exactly, right. They never want to change. You know, they? and I mean to net to Netflix's credit, they have started. You know, like with Roma, for example, which won the Oscar a couple years ago, they had it for one week in theaters before it was on Netflix, and they were criticized. You know, for the one week because that would basically be saying, "Oh, you're doing that just so you can be eligible for an Oscar." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, you don't, you don't. You're, you're not allowing films that are, that are only on Netflix or a streamer. You're not accepting those. So what, what else is Netflix going to do, right? It's a great film. So of course they're going to do that. Um, so I think, I, think, I think Netflix is going to win that battle in the end. Yeah. And they'll be, they'll be forced to change. Well, yeah. You know, or, or you know, they'll, they'll, they'll either start taking films that are just online because a lot of a lot of people are saying, oh, well, if it appears online or on the web, it's not film, it's television, mm. which is a ridiculous argument. Yeah, that's old school. Um, you know, so, um, and also you, I, you can go to a theater and watch a TV show. It has happened. Yeah. Right? Like Day, like Day of the Doctor, which was a film, but it was also like part of the television show Doctor Who. Yeah. That are in theaters, right? You can stream theater. Um National Theatre in London always streams their shows in theaters. Okay. Well, it's a play, but you're filming it and watching it in theaters. Does that make it a movie? Well, no. But like, you know what I mean? So yeah, tit for tat kind of. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it how it uh, comes about. Have you since you know since theaters have opened up again recently? Have you been been to one to watch a movie? No. 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 I, and I think that was just mainly because I was just working so much that I didn't yeah. have the time. Yeah. You know. Um, I think the last time I was in a theater was in Toronto. Yeah. As far as I remember. Do you plan on, on going to one? Do you, do you, like, yeah. do you miss that experience? Uh, yes and no. I mean, <sighs> the thing is, I mean, like I, like I said, I haven't really watched any, much of anything lately just because of work. Mm. Um, you know, and, and people always talk about the theater experience, you know, like sitting in, you know, theater... For me, I think it depends on what the film is, right? I'll give you an example. Star Wars, okay? Mm-hmm. Star Wars is a film that I would go see in a theater. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know they're available on Disney+, Plus, but it's, you know, it, it's the type of film where you would go to for an experience, right? You know, mm-hmm. go with some friends, you grab some popcorn. You're, Big budget. Yeah. You're, you're going to be okay and being prepared to spend like 50, 60 bucks, right? Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's a much smaller film... You know, that, that, that maybe, cause I find sometimes certain films are better in a more intimate experience. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or 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 a, or a more intimate setting. So if that's the case, why then would you go see it in the theater? I think you'd actually enjoy it more if you're either sitting by yourself at home or you know with a significant other or a close friend. Sure. Because I think theaters are going to be great in the future for loud films. Yeah. Action films, you know, maybe even horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's a lot of, you know, effects or noise, right? But do you really want to go to a theater to see a film that, you know, is maybe a little more dialogue heavy or requires you to pay more close attention? Mm-hmm. The theater theaters are loud as it is, right? And so I think streamers actually have an advantage in that regard because sometimes you just want a more intimate setting. Sure. Right? I don't think theaters are gonna die, but I definitely think I think theaters are gonna have their niche and I think streamers are gonna have their niche. Yeah, and by by the sounds of it you're not in the rush in a rush to why to get back. Why pay why go spend fifty bucks when I can just, you know, spend fifteen bucks a month and see all the films that I want. And kick back. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And plus, plus, and also because I think I just work from home a lot too. It's just, it's, it's a comfort thing as well, you know? Well, I guess a couple questions off of that, but, uh, I assume you haven't seen Roadrunner yet. No, the Anthony Bourdain film. Yeah. I really want to. That's, that's, that's one that I... Is that one being streamed or is that theaters only? Because I saw it's on uh, the park, yeah. park theater. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I, I would be interested to see who the distributor is. Because it will probably end up on, you know, one of the streamers eventually. Like mm. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Because... That's what Netflix does. So they pr- they produce their own content, you know, or in the case with the, the series that I worked on, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers was the producer, so they had the money, and then Netflix was the distributor, right? So, but also, um, doc- documentaries would do themselves a big favor if they got onto streamers. Right. Because they're that much more accessible. I mean, and even though you know, documentary filmmaking has really evolved in the last 10, 15 years and, and more and more people are, I think, appreciating documentary. They're still underappreciated and they're still not as watched as... Um, 100%, yeah. And also, I, you know, I think, be, like, there are, I mean, not parts unknown, but I think there are some Anthony Bourdain projects that are on, like, that are on streamer. That's where his number is going to live. So I think a streamer would be good to pick that movie up. But I, I don't know because I haven't looked into it too much whether that movie, like what, how, what the model was for yeah. distributing that. I would imagine if it's in theaters right now, it'll probably just be exclusive in theaters for now and then maybe move online Yeah, when no one watches it in theaters anymore. But well, I also think theaters will undergo a bit of a renaissance because not, you know, Sort of what I talked about earlier, but it's just, it's more that just people want to get out, right? Yeah, So exactly. they'll, they'll be yeah. willing to spend more money now and theaters will be, theaters will be up. <laughs> just to have, yeah, I think just to have something to go do yeah. and, yeah. and feel like you're, you know, out and about yeah. on the town a bit. I mean, again. It, it, it could be the shittiest movie, but like people are just going to want to get out. Yeah. Right. So how um, was Roadrunner, by the way? Well, I mean, you know what? I haven't seen Roadrunner. Oh, I was okay. curious to, 
to see if yeah. you have, but I, it's definitely yeah. on my list. Like, I think yeah. I'm going to go to the theaters to go watch yeah. it because it's around the corner. As, as a filmmaker and as a foodie, I love me. I love Blaine. Yeah, yeah I miss, like, I miss that series. That, that was one celebrity death that hit me hard. That was, that was a tough one. That one is tough. Yeah. Sticking with documentaries, actually, just, just jogged my memory. Have you, I, like, I'm a huge documentary fan. Always been on it. Like, I think about Ken Burns. Yeah. The story, it's that it's a story yeah. of baseball, yeah. whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge yeah. series. Like, yeah. each episode's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I've loved it from a young age. But uh, I recently watched Screwball. Have you heard of that one? No. <clears throat> oh, man. It's it's on Netflix, I believe. Is it about the history of the screwball? No, I wish. That, <laughs> that would be That would be, be hilarious, because it's such an... Like, no one uses it. I, I think that pitch might be illegal now, but... That would be... Yeah, that would... Yeah, I think it is. That would be actually a pretty interesting story, too. Yeah. I'd watch that, but yeah. I, think, I think it's called Screwball. It's about, like, the whole... A-Rod, Miami, Manny Ramirez, steroid Oh, scandal. okay. And, like, the main guy on it is one of those shady doctors. Oh, yeah. From, I, from Balco or it something? It might have been Balco or it might have been another... It was, like, a Miami health club. And he, yeah. he was a doctor there, but he got his doctor, you know, he got his degree in... <clears throat> some like third world country or something like that and right, passed right, right, off right. as a doctor he wasn't technically considered one in in the states but yeah he worked his way so that he had access to he got around it <laughs> yeah he got around it anyway, as, as you do he's a he's an interesting character and he's this kind of the star of it they talk to him a, a lot about it and yeah a rod's on blast the whole the whole time but uh you enjoying baseball and being a fan of documentaries i I recommend that. Okay, I'll check. and it's on Netflix. I believe so. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. That's where I caught it. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, my other thing was because you mentioned that you know you've been comfy at home watching watching shows there. I uh, haven't felt the the need to leave. Also, working from home. How's it? How's it uh, being back in Victoria? You know it. I. When I, you know, when I first came back, which was last year, you know, and living there, I, I, I think I appreciate Victoria in a way I didn't before, you know, like okay. it just, you know, having been away. Yeah. Um, I, get that. I just, I was just, I, I, you know, I, I think I have a certain newfound appreciation for the city, you know, I'm, I'm living at my, with my parents, so it's. Not the most ideal situation, you know, but I can, you know, I, I'm saving money, saving rent, so, like, it is what it is, you okay. know. Um, but, you know, we all have our own space, so it's fine. Are you down in the, I'm the down, basement? I'm right? down in the basement. Well, I, 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 was, I was upstairs for a couple months just because we had a flood um, after we had that snowstorm, and then one of the pipes next door froze and burst. Is that the Powell residence? Yeah, and they didn't get any damage. We got it all. Oh, so... So Sam owes you a couple beers for, for that. Well, I mean, Alan. I mean, fortunately, like their insurance partially covered it. Ours did, so it was all fine. Okay. Um, it just took a little bit longer to get everything back together because we had to like rip out our floor and all our bookshelves and everything, and like basically go back down the foundation and rebuild the basement. Shit. Yeah. It yeah. was it was gnarly. It's considerable um, work. So, you know, it, you know, it's it's been all right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. 
like partner which is like oh you know i could be living somewhere else but not also like hey i'm just saving money so it's like fine yeah you know i mean you're saving money and you also have these projects that you want to yeah. continuously fund, yeah right exactly so that makes sense i mean you know if i didn't i you know i'd have a lot more money if i didn't pay for this short film but like that's also why i that's also why that money is there yeah right like i don't you know i don't i don't have a partner you know or, any family to like I sorry not that I don't have a partner but I was like I don't have any dependents right okay yeah like you don't have a child yeah 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 you Um, don't have an ex-wife right you know like a couple ex-girlfriends but I I I, I don't I don't have anybody that is financially dependent on me working or not working yeah right so it gives you a lot of flexibility at the moment yeah 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 cool um on that note scotland was always you you were quite keen on moving there and i think last time which even last summer yeah you were still going through the process of trying to get citizenship yeah still working on it okay it's been a bit slower just because of my work and you know documents that i need and stuff and like photos and all that i'm very close i just gotta wangle some you know a few different photos of my life it's 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 just a way of like verifying your identity, like, you know, um, so um, hopefully that'll be done next week, and then that'll be the last of it, and then they can send it off. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's it's not like I'm necessarily planning to move there right away or even soon. It's mm-hmm. just an option. Yeah. I mean, my dad was always just like, I don't know why you're doing it because it. He's like, if it was pre Brexit, I would have got it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but we'll see, you know, it's just, it's just like, if I want to go make a film in Britain, I can. Yeah. No. Well, like that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's man. I'm, I'm a big fan of being flexible and having options. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have dual citizenship. You yeah. Get it. I have dual citizenship. I took advantage of it. Bef- well, kind of in the midst of Brexit all blowing up. Were you very happy I did it, but were you living yeah. there when Brexit happened? Had you moved there yet? <clears throat> I think, no, I think. I moved there shortly after, like, the referendum, right. and, it, and it was it was known that they were yeah. going to leave, right? But that was, then there was a timeline yeah. of, like, four or five years before they were, actually left. How long were you in London? About a year? year two mm-hmm. years? Two years, yeah, yeah, just over two years. Yeah. And so I, I was there, like, you know, they, le- they left the EU, or they had dates to leave the EU. It kept getting extended. I think by the time I was back here, I think they were still technically in, but, in, in the EU, but... I've lost track, to be honest, that Boris yeah. administration is just yeah, I know, right? a zoo. I know. Yeah. And he has the weirdest accent known to man. Like, I don't know where that act. Like, in no part of England do they sound like that. Well, I mean, parts of England. Yeah. But, you know, he was actually born... He's also an American citizen. Is he? He was born in New York. I did not know that. So there was a That's joke. Bizarre. There was a joke that Boris could run for the U.S. presidency if he wanted to. Oh, God. I, he he won't. He no, because he's too much of a like he's too much of a British nationalist. But like oh, and yeah, he's he's got his hands full. Yeah. I think he's got I think he's got like ten children. Yeah, even though and it's funny he's a British nationalist. Even though he's like he's got German ancestry and like Turkish. He's got like Turkish. You know, he's got Turkish because he was on an episode of Who Do I Think You Are, which is like the the genealogy show, and he like go meets with his Turkish cousin in Istanbul. Yeah, he's like he's oh like my he, God. he's like. One of his grandfathers, I think, was Turkish or something. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, 
So you're 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 not you're not a full blooded Brit because no one is. No, no, that's an interesting an- ancestry though. I did not know that. Yeah, he's. I th- I think the times ticking. Like there's scandals left and right. He is. But it, he yeah, can't but last. Forever. The Brit, the Brits can't just make up their mind though because they no. Like the problem is, people a have short attention spans, but also just get annoyed really easily. So they're just like, oh, all right, well this. And ironically, in Canada, our Prime Minister has survived, like, three conflict of interest scandals, and he's still in power. He has, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's taken a few blows. Because it, we're, just, sure. we're, just, we're just, like, we look at the alternative, and we're like, yeah, you're no better. <laughs> no, definitely not. So. Yeah, well, have you been following uh, BC politics? Horgan, Horgan's had, had, a, had a, yeah, a competitive I, year. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, Horgan's been unfairly maligned. Mm-hmm. A lot of this to do with COVID. A lot of this to do with Ferry Creek. There's the pipeline. Um, you know, when, when he first took power, he said, you know, because there was, there was the pipeline that Christy Clark approved. Mm-hmm. And then Horgan says he wasn't going to, you know, he, he, he was basically going to let it continue, right? Yeah. And he got flayed for that by his own supporters. And what people don't realize that, yes, it's not a solution anybody wanted, but it was the cheapest one. Yeah. It would it, it would have actually cost us much more money mm-hmm. to stop that pipeline altogether. Mm-hmm. But peop, the people were, because he had preached environmentalism and because a lot of the BTNP supporters are all environmentalists, they were outraged that he would, he, he would even consider it, right? Because, yeah. because people are very... They do have blinders on a lot of the time, I think. Yeah. You know, um, because they're, you know... Social media, everyone's in a bubble. Everyone's got a voice now too, right? I think when we were growing up younger, the like politicians, they had their they had their word, and that was the final word. Now everyone's pretty empowered; they can have their word too and and be heard. And it's all it's always it's always the minorities who are the loudest. But what it were and it what I mean by that is. Sure, you know, you have like, you know, we're seeing, you know, the indigenous community speaking up about stuff or the, you know, or women's rights or gay rights or whatever. But the people who are always the loudest are the ones who are fake outraged for no reason. Mm. You know, yeah. they're like, why are you doing this? I'm like, and then of course you turn around and say, well, now we're going to do this. And now the other side's mad at you too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. you know. Oh, it's tough to win, man. Yeah. Like, I don't envy him. I think he's. I think he's had a bit of an unfair shake. I would agree. Yeah. I think he's definitely made some missteps. Sure, and, every leader does. Yeah, and some oversights for sure. But overall, man, I yeah, I think Not, I think I, it's just been a tough couple yeah, of years. I, I know. I always well, but to his credit, when Bonnie, you know, when when Bonnie Henry is instituting a lot of her policies. There was a point where she was getting death threats, and you know she had to have security at her house. Yeah. And to his credit, John Horgan came out and said, "Aim them at me." Mm-hmm. Basically, it's if you're gonna threaten anybody, I'm the leader of your province. I was the one directing her to make those decisions. Take me. Don't take her. Mm-hmm. So you gotta give him credit for that. No, I think he's admirable that yeah. way. Like uh, I do, I do. I think I do. Um, I've met him once. Oh yeah. Yeah, I met him in the at the convention center. One year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, he, you know, he came up smiling. Oh, yeah, smiling, handshake. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. done it, he's done it a million times. Yeah. But, you know, I do... He's from the island, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so so where where the Ferry Creek protests are, mm-hmm. that's his writing. 
Okay. One, uh, I think it's a Juan de Fuca writing or something. But yeah. yeah, I believe that's his writing. Yeah. Or, you know, he's 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 close to it. Mm-hmm. So, which gives it a whole, I think, a whole new um, spin. But Okay, well, getting off of politics. Yeah, is, <laughs> we don't want to alienate an audience. No, no. Um, I want to go back to... Uh, you know, a, a little bit of a legendary blog entry that uh, oh, that you did a couple of years ago. I why did I know after we, our conversation earlier? Why did I know this was going to be a thing? Well, I mean, how could I not ask, right? Because well, I mean, <laughs> I I well, then I think the night is probably more legendary than the blog post. But everyone heard about it because I wrote about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why, but what's interesting about that because I I've been sharing. Like, you know, I had a, I've had a blog off and on forever, but it, you mm-hmm. know, it was always just like reviews. And then I kind of turned it into more, you know, personal writing. Like I'd done creative, right? Yeah. I did some short stories and poetry in there, but that, that specific entry yeah. actually got a lot of really good feedback. Cause I remember I wrote something else and James Fraser, you may remember was our valedictorian was yeah. following. He's just like, Oh yeah, I really liked your blog entry in high school reunion. And I'm like, and I'm like, why, like, out of all the stories I tell, why that one? Well, that had it all, right? It had, you know, liquor, <laughs> visiting with your old friends, crazy sexual encounters, drugs, alcohol, you know, all, everything. Like, that was a very... Yeah, all right, type. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, off of that, I guess I was going to ask you... Are you, are you still writing? Are you still doing blog entries? Uh, not blog entries so much. I mean, I haven't done as much writing as I'd like just because of work and film, you know, but I'm always trying to, like, do poetry or working on short stories or yeah. or, or new film ideas. So, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. Like, I was writing I was writing a poem a day for a while. Okay. Um, just as, you know... I, I mean, think you were putting that up on, on uh, the gram, right? On Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just an exercise, you mm-hmm. know, um... It's definitely something... I've, I've never been the most disciplined writer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so... I could see that. It, it, I, it's something that I need to get better at, for sure. No doubt. You know? Um, well, another question on that on that note, you know, because I, I can't let you completely off the hook. If you, have you had any sexual encounters com- in comparison or even on that level since then? Because... You know, that's got some lore to it. Like, a lot of people how, don't know about that. How? That's that pretty epic. I mean, a, a man shouldn't kiss and tell, really. No, no, they shouldn't. And you can opt, opt not to. But. I mean, what would you say would be comparable to that? I mean, would you, I think we're talking like threesomes. Or... No, there's, 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 there's been no other situations <laughs> where more than one individual was involved That's how's that all right we'll, we'll, we'll keep going uh, uh, you know i mean there there may have been wild nights but you know <laughs> no no more than you know mano mi mano okay okay mano mano well you you know what i mean like <laughs> what one-on-one i got you all right i got you right man <laughs> well um what about uh, what about substances? Are you you clean and sober these days? Or well, you're giving what's... me whiskey right now, so yeah. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, well, you were turning that down. You, you, oh yeah, 
but no, no more, no more drug fuel nights. No, not really. No, that's good. Maybe, maybe if you, maybe a few, you know, beer or vodka tinged nights. Yeah. But <laughs> not, you know, not nothing crazy since I moved back home. No. That's no. what I was doing earlier with like the lifestyle in Toronto. Sure. Know? It just yeah, because you, you said you got in some bad. Well, I was just like, <laughs> honestly. It's a byproduct of working in the kitchen industry. Yeah. Right? Because you you work late, you know, low pay, long hours. You make friends with bartenders, bar owners. Mm-hmm. You get free drinks. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. It's just a lifestyle. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But you know, and you know some you know some weeks you don't go out at all. Some weeks you go out a lot. It just you know it it just it's a byproduct of the environment you're working in. For oh, sure. totally. Yeah. So are you still working at restaurants right now? No, I'm, I've been back in film for the last year. Okay. Um, mostly doing locations. So if you ever see, if you ever come across a film set and you see like the folks in like those high vis vests, that's, yeah. that's usually my department. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're like actually filming out on the street or the highway and everyone's wearing those. But yeah, I think yeah. you were talking to, to Han Soto a bit about, about uh, that position, right? Maybe a little bit. Well, I I I talked to a few people about locations. Mm-hmm. Um, Han a little bit. I brought it up with one of the interviews I did with uh, uh, some folks who have filmed the Whistler Film Festival. Um, I think I probably talked with Kelly, I might have talked with Kelly McCormick about it. Um, so there's, yeah, there's I brought I bring it up every now and then. And like, it's interesting. Like a lot of the publicists that know me know that I'm back working in film now too. So, okay. Um, so no know. plans to to get back. I, I mean, I mean, it I sounds s- like you've, you've got some good yeah, things I mean, going I, I, on I, there. I mean, the thing is, you know, if I ever travel mm. and film work dies down, I always know that there's a restaurant job waiting for me. No doubt. Because, yeah. right, like, no matter where you are, restaurants are, will always and forever be hiring. Yeah. There oh, will never yeah. be a restaurant that never that is never hiring. Especially now, yeah. right now, too. But, I, I mean, the flip side of that is I think there's going to be a certain um, wing of that industry namely chains mm-hmm. that are going to face a reckoning because nobody wants to work for them anymore like okay. you know I, there was a, a burger king somewhere in the states presented sorry we're closed we all quit right and people say there's a labor shortage no it's a wage shortage people are just done working you know yeah. and so but the man the owners didn't care they're just like all right we'll hire new people right so because they don't care about they don't and you know everyone's just like oh well you gave them pandemic pay and then you took it away Mm-hmm. So you can pay more, you just don't, and then he's like, you say you can't afford to pay them, and then you give your executives five million dollar bonuses. Yeah. Right? So I I think there is going to be a change in mom and pop shops are different because they've always generally treated employees a little bit more fairly. Right. But the big food corporations, I think, are gonna are gonna be facing some tough questions. Yeah. Well, you're just another number to them, in a, in exactly. a way, right? Exactly. You worked in Vancouver when you were living in Vancouver. Um, you know, a handful of years back, you were at uh, Pepita's. I, I, fourth, yeah, right. I did. Uh, so Pepita's was Fourth uh, and Burrard. I was there twice. Once as a in the kitchen, and once as a server. And then I was at Stormcrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at uh, Komoto. And then my first restaurant. Okay. Job, my On first commercial. Job, yeah. Okay. My first restaurant job though was at a place called the Sunset. It no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in Kits. Uh, it was called the Sunset Girl. Okay. Um, I think it's I think it's condos now. What was uh, it, Pepitas is no longer there. Either, no. So think, right? right after I went to Toronto, Pepitas was done. Uh, yeah. It's now a 
like a taquerito or a burrito place or something. Okay, so and still Mexican. And there's a tattoo shop. There used to be a vitamin shop underneath it. It's now a tattoo shop. Well, my friend who who lives in Toronto, he used to work for Chronic Inc. Oh, which, okay. Which is that company that opened what? up the tattoo shop. Oh, okay. And he, I think he was doing like social media and marketing for them for, oh, okay. for a number of years. And he, I was, I happened to be in London at the time, but he, he came out to Vancouver a couple of times okay. to, for the opening of that shop. Yeah. Cause Pepita's like, I left Vancouver end of August. Pepita's was, Pepita's was done by the end of September. Yeah. I don't know how quick, uh, I don't know how long the vitamin store survived after that. Yeah. But a year, I think. And then. Uh, they moved and then the taco or the tattoo place moved in and then Pepitas turned into a taco place like a couple years ago is there some backstory with Pepitas that because I thought I'd heard something back in the day it had been around forever right like it had been around I think since the 70s and so I worked there because um, my best friend her mother and her mother's partner took over as owners Mm. they had worked for and knew the previous owners and I think they were just retiring and they didn't want to see it go under so they took over the restaurant okay it's what happens yeah. uh, I didn't I didn't get too invested in the history of that place um, and I know it used to be in another location and then it moved I think mm. is what happened um, mm. like years ago um, before Ali and Fabian got involved okay um, but yeah, that, that's how that's how I got involved um, in that place. Gotcha, gotcha. On another note, I mean, we'll move we'll move into sports now. Um, you know, you you're pretty proud of your Scottish roots. Did you have a chance? Did you watch any of the Euros at all? No, you know, you know what's interesting. Like, you know, I'm a proud proud Scot. Proud. I mean, it's funny. When I was younger, it was always Irish. I, mm. You always heard me talk about Ireland, and I mean the Britain thing was always there, but it was always Ireland. And then, you know, when my aunt and I, who've always been the genealogist, started looking at our family tree, was like, "Oh, I'm actually more Scottish than anything else because the McPeak line is actually was Scottish before it was Irish, right?" Yeah. Um, but it, it's always been those two, right? Plus the German. There's a little bit of German in there as well. Okay. Um, but no, I, I, I never really got into watching soccer that much. No, because you played for a bit. I mean, I, I played soccer as long as I played baseball. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you and I were ever on the same soccer team. No, I don't think no. so. Um, but, I mean, I, I'll watch the World Cup as much as I hate that organization and how corrupt they are. And sure, yeah. FIFA. Like, well, as John Oliver says... Don't hate, don't hate the product, but hate, you, you can hate the organization, right? Right, right. You know, um, but it was just, I don't know, for whatever reason, like, I think because I got just invested in all my creative stuff. Yeah, you had other things going on. Um, it, was, it, was, it was basically, for a while, it was baseball or bust. <laughs> baseball or bust. So what's going on with the Jays? I'm, I'm out of it this year. Like, I uh, well, we're doing all right. Um, uh, Vladi can win a triple crown. Depends. He's second in home runs, second in average, and first in RBIs. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. He's got thirty. He's got thirty-two home runs. He's two behind Shohei Otani, who's having a monster season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vladdy has seventy-nine RBIs and is hitting three twenty-nine. Shohei Otani is only hitting two like seventy-four. Okay. So um, Michael Brandt, uh Guerrero, Vladdy was leading, and then Michael Michael Brant is now hitting three thirty-one. 
so he's leading the AL. Um, so we'll see, but he, he's good. And they were actually, he hit one the other day, um, and people started chanting MVP, MVP. Okay. But yeah. what's uh, most exciting is that the Jays are going back home. They're going back. Right. To, they're, just, going, they're going back to Toronto. They they're leaving playing, Buffalo. They, they were in Florida and they were in Buffalo. Um, they just, they lost last night, which was their last game in Buffalo. And then they've got a series at the, in New York against the Mets and then the Sox in Boston. And then they go home July 30th. Capacity is 15,000. It'll be sold out without a question. 15? 15,000. Yeah. That's what they're capping at. Which so is, what, what's their record right now? Like they are 44 and 40, I think they're currently in fourth place. Okay. Uh, they're eight games out of first and four and a half out of the second wild card. So it's a climb, but they're not out of it by any means. Right. I mean, they could easily they could easily get a wild card spot. Tampa Bay did just pick up Nelson Cruz today, so from Minnesota. He's still in the league, huh? Yeah, he's like forty one and he's hitting up a storm. Wow. Um. So that'll be interesting. I think the Jays still maybe still want to get another starter. Yeah. Um, well, maybe going back to the Rogers Center, Sky Dome. Yeah. Right? We'll um, we'll give them a boost. Yeah. Well, the day, the day was announced the day after. Like the Jays just did a ton because they were so invigorated that they were playing Texas. So it's not saying much. Sorry, Texas. <laughs> you were good once, but you're in a rebuilding phase. I get it. <laughs> Shout out to former Blue Jay Chris Woodward, who's now the manager of Texas. Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been there shortstop, for- right? Well, he he came up as a shortstop, mm. right? And then later on, he like he played some second, he played some third. Utility guy. Yeah, he yeah. Played a couple games in left field, but he was always mainly a shortstop, second baseman. Okay. Um, debuted with the Jays and ended up a few other like a few other places like Seattle, and then came back for one final year with the Jays. He was a coach in LA for a while and is now managing Texas. Okay. Uh, this is his so third season in Texas, I think. Yeah. Um. But they're in, a re- they're in a rebuilding phase, and that's, you know, everyone goes through it. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, so they, Toronto had won two games that were really big, right? Then they ran into Boston. Um, but we'll see how we do against the Mets. Uh, that'll, that'll be a good test. Steven Metz gets to go back to his old team. Mm. Fair play. Well, thanks for the uh, the, the whirlwind update. Yeah, I there you go, like right? I'm on it now. Yeah, we, but what's interesting, the Jays right now have five players with 50 RBIs or more. So they've been swinging the stick pretty yeah, well. Yeah, they got... We're in fourth place, but we have a plus 83 run differential. So it's pitching an issue then. The starting rotation's been good. It was the bullpen for a while that... And early on in the season, they just got ravaged by injuries. Like, okay. we, we lost Kirby Yates before he ever threw a pitch. He's, he's up for the year. David Phelps, we lost... I think end of May he's done for the year. May- Merriweather is still not back. Hatch just came back. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolis has been on the aisle twice. Romano's been the on on the aisle twice. Barucki's been on the aisle twice. Mm-hmm. Chatwood's been on the aisle twice. Castro's been on the aisle twice. There's a pattern, right? But we got Richards, we got Simber, we got Barnes. We're slowly. I think we maybe want. Let's talk about Craig Kimmel, but he's going to cost too much. So, but. Uh, yeah, start the rotation's been really good. Robbie Ray's been really, really good. Hey, uh, you were just before we got on uh, got on the mic here. You were saying <clears throat> uh, there's been a, there's a new biography on uh, Roy Halladay. Yeah, called Doc the Roy Halladay story. It's unauthorized because you know like Brandy wasn't involved or the kids weren't involved or you know he has a state. 
Um, it's written by Todd Zalecki, who is, I believe he is the Phillies beat writer, or the, you know, the beat reporter. So, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the guys that, like, you know, do the small, like, update articles. And, yeah, you know, they know. They know like, on the line of the game. That's going on. Right? They follow the beat. Um, and there's two different covers. One, so the version that I saw in chapters, the front cover was Doc in a Phillies cap, and on the back it was him as a young Blue Jay. And I guess there's also a version with him in a Jays cap as well on the front cover. Okay. So it start and actually I sort of was scanning it. It starts uh well actually no the prologue is about him pitching the no hitter in the play for the Phillies. Right. In the two thousand nine or ten playoffs or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then there's a chapter and then you know and then it's chronological after that. So they talk about his start on the second of the year, his second start when he no hit the Tigers. Oh yeah, no, I remember. Um, I honestly remember. And that then game. Bobby Higginson came up and pinch hit, and apparently, I fucking remember. Apparently, that. Bobby Higginson was hungover. You know, no, because the manager's like, "You're not gonna play." He's like, "Toronto's a good city. You can go and have a good time." Yeah, right? yeah. So, oh, and then Bobby Higginson, and then he hits over and he goes, he goes back to his team, and goes, "What's wrong with you guys?" <laughs> wow. Um. Apparently, David Wells. Of course, David Wells is involved. Um. No, no, no. Well, no. Just a tangent that I'm thinking about because of Bobby Higginson, because David Wells threw a perfect game in the late 90s. Yeah. And he said he had a raging hangover that the day that he pitched it. Oh, Because okay. he got partying. Yeah. And a guy that can co- corroborate that story, Jimmy Fallon. He was out partying with Jimmy. Because Jimmy Fallon was on SNL at the time. Whoa. As a young man, he would have been young. Yeah, exactly. He would have been on the town. There's a story. Although, yeah. I, do her, I, do, I, I have heard that Jimmy Fallon enjoys a drink. Sure. sure. Um, anyway, but yeah, so there's a, that, there's a chapter about, you know, when his ERA was 1061 or 1064 or whatever it was, and he goes okay. back down. Then there's, you know, the Cy Young, all that jazz. I, or, you haven't read it, right? No, no, no. I, was, I just sort of was leaping through it when I was in chapter three. Are you, you going to buy it? Are you gonna Possibly. Read it? Yeah, I mean, if I can find it on, I, if I can find an ebook version of it. Right. I mean, I, I have a good collection of books, but I think just because I'm such a mobile human, yeah. I like, I prefer ebooks. You're always on the go. Yeah. Well, I just, I, you know, I'm never in one place for any length of time, I think. Yeah. Right, so. Well, getting off of baseball, going back to, you know, I guess your career, your next steps. Um, you're, you're obviously editing this short film. You've mentioned a few other projects to me. What else is going on? Uh, well, the big thing is, so my producing partner, Melissa, and I, um, we've worked together for a couple of years now. Uh, we're trying to get this web series made called Spoons, where I'm the writer, director, and lead actor, and producer. Um, and so we've cast a couple roles, we've got like our budget laid out, we've got the scripts. Uh, the next thing we're trying to do is we're just trying to get our Kickstarter all in order so that, because we're going to try to crowdfund it. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so, have you done that? Have you done that before? Uh, not to this no. extent. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I've had, you know, people who, who, done it and stuff so I you know we want to get it right and we're asking for 60 grand mm-hmm. which to a lot of people may seem like a lot mm-hmm. for a film project that is nothing you know especially for a show that's eight episodes you know um so you're you're doing like basically eight thousand dollars an episode to put it in perspective a sitcom like the big bang theory we're paying just their actors alone a million dollars an episode for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Friends, their last two seasons, 
all the cast were getting a million dollars an episode. And that yeah. was in 2003. Yeah. So, and, but interestingly enough, that's a very uniquely American thing. In, in terms of how good financially a sitcom can be, they don't do that in Britain because it's all publicly funded. Oh, okay. Um, but my point is that 60000 is really not that much money in the, much, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So, so have you guys kicked that off yet? Not, not yet. Because, no. you know, we got to get all our pledges right and we got to get the video clips we want to put out and, yeah. you know, just all up and the things that. And then one more thing that I'm doing is there's a... Well, the human uh, Nick Altobelli um, wrote has wrote, written a short film um, that I'm helping to produce. Okay. Um, so uh, I don't want to say too much about it just because sure yeah it, it it could morph into something else. It hasn't started yet. Like you know, we're, we're we have our first uh, production meeting tomorrow with the four producers. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, but, and it, it's, it's the, it's my first time other than like, you know, being on a film set where I you know, was just hired that I'm a producer of something that's not my own work. Gotcha. So yeah, I, which will be an interesting experience. A new experience. For yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm when, you know, I'm slowly learning how to be a producer and you know, they, they know that, um, but they also know that I have something to offer. So, and, yeah. you know, because I've experienced, you know, doing my own shows in the theater and and stuff right no so, doubt man. So, yeah you've been around been yeah. around the block yeah yeah the um quick thing before we we uh head off is we're gonna have a we're gonna have a few, maybe a few pints we'll see yeah, yeah around the I corner should probably eat i should probably eat something yeah too, we'll, we'll, but... we'll get a nibble but um you yeah going back to your short film um do you have a working title or it's, a name of it oh it's called rabbit girl rabbit girl yeah all right well just because there's a you know, the, the young girl always carries, like, a little, like, you know, stuffed toy, okay. like, sort of, you know, stuffed animal rabbit um, yeah. with her. So that's that's where that name comes from. And, like, you know, it, it the rabbit doesn't necessarily, well, I mean, I'll leave it up to the viewer when I see it, whether or not how much you think the rabbit actually has to do with the plot, right? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's called Rabbit Girl. It'll be about, I mean, seven and a half minutes, so it's not a super long film, but... A lot of film festivals won't program short films that are over 10 minutes. Uh, okay. Just because they want to try to get in as many shorts as possible, right? So you want, you kind of want to keep it... I mean, it depends. It really depends on the festival, right? But like, especially for a lot of festivals that are exclusively short films, they say keep it under 10 minutes. So it's about a seven and a half minute film. Cool. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it at some point. Yeah, one day. One day we'll, you know... I'll keep people updated, you know, once it, once we start submitting to festivals and yeah. doing all that jazz. And, yeah. Good shit, RM. Thanks a lot, Rain Man. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate you taking the time and, uh, yeah. Titus 2 number 2. That's it. Yeah. Slight, slightly more sober, I think, this time. Yeah, a little bit, because we'd already gone out and come back to your place when we did the last time, and then we went out again, I remember. I gave you an Irish coffee, too. Yeah, I, I know you did. Yeah. I, I, I'm fully aware. That was a good time. But, uh, all right, Rayman. Cheers. Thanks again. Thanks, yeah.